Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. Welcome to the Mindvine Podcast. My name is Daryl Mathers, and I'm with my co-host as usual, Chris Bovey. Chris, how are you? Good, Daryl. I'm, uh, I'm in the office today, uh, finding a little spot to do the podcast. How have you been? <laughs> uh, I've been searching all morning for a spot to do the podcast, um, <laughs> and I just came across this place about five minutes ago. Um, like a lot of people uh, during the pandemic, there's five of us trying to do Zoom calls, in one house at uh, the same time. And today it seems like everybody got a spot of the house at the same time. So I, and I am the, uh, I get the, I get last pick when it comes to deal workload. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, it's a good spot. And hopefully you get a good half an hour of respite from. Yes. Yeah. I do get priority for this. <laughs> this is the only time of the day I get priority, but um, and it's probably because we're doing Bell Let's Talk, because actually my daughter was talking about it this morning, about how on, on January 28th, on Bell Let's Talk Day, the, it'll be a focus at school. Uh, there are teachers are already talking about uh, like programming and curriculum that they're going to be discussing, and, and that's what we're here today. It's our Bell Let's Talk Day podcast, where uh, on Bell Let's Talk Day, I think it's, it's been a number of years now, where Bell donates five cents for every applicable uh, text, call, tweet, TikTok video. I know you're a big, you're a big TikTok guy. Big on TikTok right now. Um, <laughs> and using the hashtag Bell Let's Talk. And I mean, it's been incredible to see its growth. I remember like, you know, like, even before coming to Ontario Shores, when, when Bell decided to take up mental health as their like cause of choice, how excited mm-hmm. we were collectively in the sector, because before Bell came on board, nobody in the corporate sector really wanted to touch mental health. Well, they weren't anyways. They weren't associating themselves with the issue at all. Yeah, it's uh, more than ever with the pandemic and everything going on, it's important that we we talk about this. It's obviously exacerbating people's struggles with anxiety and depression and things that are going on. And, and really excited about today's topic related to uh, our relationship with Term Regional Police. So uh, a really great uh, topic today for for to welcome in Bell Let's Talk Day. And with no without any further ado, we'll get right on to right on to that uh, subject matter. So, as mentioned, it's Bell Let's Talk Day. It's our podcast, and uh, in honor of Bell Let's Talk, we have a new initiative rolling out with uh, the Durham Regional Police, and we're going to talk about how this project is supporting officers and their mental health with uh, two people. One is a familiar face on Ontario Shores, Dr. Crystal Martin, a research scientist. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you. Nice to be here with you guys. Great to have you. And from Durham Regional Police, Staff Sergeant Rob Williamson. Welcome. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's great. We got everybody working. We got everybody unmuted. (laughs) The screen's working. We're winning. We're winning already. We're in cruise control. Yeah. So we're... Crystal, maybe I'll start with you. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this project that's being rolled out uh, on Bell Let's Talk Day involving our partners in uh, policing? Sure, no problem. So I think it was several years ago that 
um, Ontario Shores and Durham Regional Police had looked to more formalize our relationship and we signed this memorandum of understanding. And one of the things um, that we had identified that was important was for us being an expert in mental health, how we can extend that expertise to them and their members. And you know, we went from there to talk about specifically what this could look like. And one of them was this idea around establishing a mental health resource in the form of a, an app. Um, and so also at the time, we were really lucky to uh, access a Ministry of Labor grant through their Occupational Health Safety and Prevention Innovation Program. So together we applied for this and we successfully received this money to build an app that would really look at promoting workplace wellness for all of their members within the service. Um, also within the idea that perhaps this could be scaled up and um, shared across other sectors within the Ministry of Labor. Um, and again, with this idea of having a proactive focus on, on mental health. So we started with this idea of having an app and, and kind of went from there. So Crystal, when you worked on this and you've worked with, with policing on a lot of different initiatives. You know, there's a lot of apps out there. What was unique as you started to sort of research and understand what this app needed that maybe no, other apps don't need related to uh, the culture of policing? Well, that's exactly it. There was, we know that there's lots of information out there. There's also lots of apps that are designed to help people with their mental health. But we were really looking at this idea of what, what were the barriers for police specifically. We know that there are barriers for all folks to, um, uh, to accept and look, reach out for mental health support, but we wanted to look at what were the specific barriers or those unique needs of uh, police members. And so we did um, a baseline collection of data with uh, DRPS staff um, to have this co-design element to look at what are those barriers and what would they want from a, um, uh, a mental health resource specifically uh, so that we could essentially take what was out there because there is lots of, of resources out there and shrink it essentially to exactly what they were looking for. And uh, you know, basically that was to have police specific data, to have um, Durham region specific information around resources and to have information that they felt that was high quality and reliable that they didn't have to sift through it themselves, that they could just count on that that was good information. From a policing perspective, uh, Rob, um, I know you've been uh, maybe not intimately involved with the development of the app, but certainly in, involved in wellness in, initiatives uh, with the RPS. Why is this such an important issue right now for, for policing in Durham? I think one of the, the biggest things is that it's the, the idea of uh, defense. Um, it's giving our people um, the tools um, basically right at their hands. So if they do need help, they can uh, use their app and people are very familiar with that, especially this uh, new generation of uh, police officers. Um, and yeah. So Rob, I know you created the, the wellness program. I, I'm curious, are you seeing a shift in you know, keeping on the culture theme that, you know, I think officers probably, you know, mental health might have been seen as a sign of weakness or how will my partner take it if I come forward? Are we seeing a shift in, in policing as far as willing to put their hand up and support among their peers? Definitely there is, there is a shift and it is programs like the uh, Bell Let's Talk that uh, really helps put it out there um, in the public. 
and uh, people are, you know, officers are going home to their families and this is being spread, uh, not, not just in the police service, but in our families too, which is important. I guess I'm wondering what, like, what are some of the, yeah, maybe it's for both of you. Like, what are some of the unique challenges maybe in developing an app for this type of demographic crystal? So, I mean, initially I had no idea how hard it was to just build an app period. Um, app technology, you know, our technology moves very quickly. Um, so lots of things are changing. Um, and the um, expertise around it initially was a bit of a struggle for us. And so we are really lucky that we partnered with um, the Faculty of Business and IT at Ontario Tech. And we had uh, students there um, work with us and work with other uh, DRPS staff to build the app. And so once I got that off my plate, that was very helpful because actually the building part was a bit more tricky than I thought. Um, the other part was really trying to get that end user perspective um, and, and having that input. And so we did spend a lot of time on co-design. Certainly um, uh, police staff were, you know, they have concerns around privacy and confidentiality as anyone would, but I think police staff were a bit more suspicious group of people. Um, so we had to do a lot of work on um, uh, establishing that trust and looking at the actual product itself to make sure that that was um, addressed and how we built the app and what kind of data would be included um, uh, in creating that. But also that um, another challenge I found, and it may not be a police specific challenge, is that they were pretty good at articulating what they didn't want or that what they didn't like. But I think sometimes people aren't always aware of what is helpful for them. Um, what supports or specific information do they need? And so it did take a little bit of time to work with them to uh, identify that, but also, you know, as a research scientist, leaning on the research as well as what, what do we already know that could be helpful for police staff? Right. So what's the next step, Crystal, as this rolls out among uh, officers and, and employees of DRPS? Is it, is it to sort of constantly evaluate what they're using and tweak or research? Like, what is the you know, in the next year, what's your role or what's the role as we roll this out? So the plan is we, you know, we'll be launching this week um, to, like you said, to uh, sort of celebrate Bell Let's Talk and mental health um, and slowly roll this out across the divisions. Um, then over the next, you know, six months or so, our plan is to look at um, the usage of the app, to see are there parts of the app that um, people are accessing more, so around information, um, certain areas or different resources. And then also to do, um, again, reaching back out to members um, specifically in focus groups to see what did they think about it, about it what did they think about the content, um, getting their input again around um, ease of use, design, um, so evaluating that part of it. Um, so that's our short-term plan. I think in the long-term, we also want to look at, um, you know, does, can we see the impacts of this? Are people reaching out more? I mean, this is not meant to solve sort of those mental health problems per se, but to bring out about awareness and, and have folks know where to reach out. And so do we see then increases of numbers of police staff reaching out, talking about it, um, accessing those resources, for example? As we know with, you know, any mental health issue, the earlier that you're diagnosed or the earlier that you identify something that you're, you're struggling with or going down a road, you know, the, the better the chances of recovery and, 
and maybe the easier road you might have in, in terms of recovery. In policing, it's really it's really a complicated area. And I know you touched on a little bit about um, you know kind of the evolution of the the, the the this generation of officers and their you know use of technology. And but I wonder if you could talk, Rob, about the like the evolution of the kind of the environment in policing and in, in DRPS and, you know, you, in creating the wellness program and, and I guess investing in mental health. And now this app, like, has it been a, what kind of road has, what kind of journey has it been in creating an environment where you can roll out an app like this? Like, I'm not sure that this would have been something you could have done 10 years ago, but now it's something that's welcome. So when you can talk about what the journey has been like. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, <clears throat> my career in policing, it started in, uh, 2000, so actually in 99, um, and I came from uh, a family of police officers. I was the, the fourth one, um, and it was definitely not easy to talk about mental health issues. Uh, programs, again, like Bell Let's Talk, people in the community like Crystal that are able to uh, support us um, and talk vocally um, in the media through programs like this it's really changed over the last 20 years um yeah to the point where people are openly um getting help and um we're talking about it as you know uh, guys in the platoon are actually um able to talk about it and discuss it and themselves too right like that's the biggest part is being able to fix these problems yourselves and with programs through dr crystal martin and the wellness program we're able to bring that uh, that piece that uh, that's important to the platoon. Crystal, uh, I'll start with you. Maybe both of you can answer on this one. So, since you binge watched our our podcast, you know we've had a few hockey people on uh, on, a, on the podcast, and you know, in that culture, it was kind of interesting that you know we talk about mental health. A lot of it was, you know, re- you know, people said, well, related to an incident like fighting and stuff. So in policing, we talk a lot about operational stress injuries and, and that result in mental health. But I think sometimes we lose track that a hockey player or a police officer can have the same mental health challenges without an incident, right? suffer the same anxiety and depression without something that had caused it. So I wonder if you could speak a little bit about, you know, how do we show that, you know, officers are just like anybody else in our community, they're like ourselves, you know, they, they just have a different vocation, but they're, you know, they're subject to the same mental health challenges we all are. Mm-hmm. I think, so to start that off, I, I do think that, the, that there is that misperception that the most um, prevalent mental health concern of police officers is PTSD. And while, you know, after, you know, for example, after a critical call, and I, and obviously that is important and it is something that they do face, unlike other occupations, it isn't the most prevalent uh, mental health concern that they uh, do struggle with. And, you know, just like other folks, it is, uh, you know, things like depression or anxiety. Um, and it's also organizational stresses that, Again, we, we expect that police officers are struggling with, you know, the calls that they go to, but it's also everyday things that I think other people can relate to. And, and certainly, um, you know, Rob has just gone through in terms of like the promotional process and, uh, you know, um, organizational issues that are, you know, that everyone faces at work. Um, so those are also things that are, are important um, and that aren't always um, addressed by um 
uh, you know, programs designed for police staff. But, you know, Rob and I have been working together at this divisional wellness program. And so, for example, our first talk that I delivered was about sleep. And again, so everyone, you know, sleep is a pretty um, worldwide issue that people struggle with. And yes, officers and other staff um, at DRPS might have additional uh, or unique challenges because of shift work, but it's something that we all, uh, you know, impacts us all, for example. Um, I don't know, Rob, if you wanted to add anything in about that. Yeah, for me, it really goes back to that, uh, the defense and offense um, idea that we're providing people um, with the knowledge to help heal themselves or help talk um, about it with their peers. Um, and those little talks that we have with the platoons, it helps uh, generate ideas. Um, again, I know it's just the, the sleep was the one idea. Um, that was one of the visits um, that she uh, presented it on. And it's, uh, it's building that trust with the guys uh, on the platoon. And we're able to, uh, again, um, openly talk about our issues and our problems. Because even, you know, like we, I came in just before the holidays to talk about how to deal with COVID during the holidays that, um, you know, everyone has been um, faced with restrictions and limitations and um, not being able to see our families, especially because um, officers and other staff at the service perhaps have a more exposure to uh, potentially being around COVID and how hard that is. Again, not necessarily a policing issue, um, but just the stresses of, of COVID and, you know, managing holidays. Can I just ask, just jump in, because uh, Rob, you mentioned trust, and I, I wanted to capture that because I know we do some work with Wounded Warriors on our first responder and stuff and programs. And, we, you know, what we hear is sort of culturally sensitive that, you know, officers, if they go see a clinician or anyone to support them, there's that, they want that level of someone that may understand what they're going through and a level of trust. How important is, is the trust piece when an officer reaches out for, for support or help? It's funny, it's, uh, it, when I was preparing for this, uh, this podcast, it was the number one thing that uh, I keep coming back to is trust. Um, and it is definitely the number one most important thing to have with uh, your coworkers as a manager um, too, I guess is probably uh, the higher level of, of the trust. Um, but you gain that through um, showing that you care. Um, and we do care. And, and it's just that we have to generate these ideas to portray to our people that we do care. Um, and from that, we get the, uh, the value of trust which, um, you know, people then can come to me when they have problems. And that's the other part of this wellness program that we have with uh, Crystal is that she's a resource for me. So I've built this trust. Um, people are able to talk to me. They know they can trust me with their, with their problems. But then I don't know how to deal with it, right? So I'm not the professional. And uh, it's that open dialogue that we have with uh, Dr. Crystal Martin where we can go to her um, give her, you know, the situation and she can come up with ideas on how we can handle it. These are obviously, you know, the smaller, lower level issues, but definitely having support from a professional um, is very important. Like without, without getting into, you know, political nature of policing, but as a, you know, as a civilian looking into the, the demands of, of, of policing, 
I would imagine this is with the scrutiny police are under these days. This has got to be a really difficult time or maybe a better question is like in your 20 year career, like the evolution of policing and the, and the stress that these men and women deal with on a daily basis. It's, it's like, from my perspective, it, it seems like it's, it's a, uh, it's continuing to mount, you know, this mounting pressure time and time again, is that something that you feel and that we're, you know, adjusting to still this, this pressure, the men's pressure the police are under? Um, yeah, definitely. It's a challenge every day that you go into work um, you know, we, we went through a bit of a time there a couple months ago where, you know, the police were not liked by, well, that's how it was portrayed, right, on the media, mm. that the police uh, weren't liked by the community. Um, but again, it's, uh, we know where, you know, Crystal would come in and, and talk to the platoon and um, through her ideas uh, and programs, we're able to, you know, openly talk about it on the shift um, and, you know, resolve any um, issues that people were having or were thinking they were having. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, definitely, um, the way to handle these situations is as a group and talking about it. And, uh, yeah, the benefit is people understand that, you know, that's just a small, you know, blip in, in, uh, the community and it will fix itself. And people, uh, you know, people's perception of the police, um, has always been, um, well, I guess. And I would imagine that, you know, because it's, it can be a very isolating position being a police officer, I would imagine, it, you know, the best people to talk to are fellow police officers. No, for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Crystal, I'm going to put on my clairvoyant hat. So I think as, as this rolls out, I'm going to be hearing from other police forces and first responder organizations, like what does this app and how did you create it? Is there, an opportunity or plan that based on the success of this to help other organizations uh, take what you've learned here and, and, and bring similar things into their departments? Yeah, so absolutely. Part of the grant that we received from the Ministry of Labor was to um, essentially share our lessons learned. And so our final product that we will be sharing with the ministry and others will be um, the journey that we have been on. Because like I said, um, it is, uh, it has been tricky, um, especially, you know, beginning developing the technology, figuring that part out as I'm not techno technologically savvy at all. Um, and, and sort of the process of how we did that, um, you know, how we developed the content, working with the service itself to identify their needs and barriers, like I said. And so our product will be this lessons learned package that we can share um, I think the idea with the Ministry of Labor is to for them to use that. A lot of people are looking at um, either establishing their or building their own app like we did or, um, or, you know, adding in another app. So there's a few other services across Ontario that have um, onboarded other apps um, built otherwise. Um, but there definitely is an interest. I had, um, uh, you know, other folks reach out already for sure, asking us um, whether or not this is something that they could be, you know, scaled up. Um, and, you know, it is a, an app that hopefully will be freely available to other services that they can uh, personalize for what they need. Um, again, the, the app itself isn't fancy. It's really just um, uh, a tool to share information and to make sure that people are connected in that way. But um, that is definitely my hope that people can learn from my blood, sweat, and tears of the last few years on this project 
and that um, it can be extended beyond uh, DRPS for sure. Yeah, we're excited to see it's DRP, DRP support that we're excited to see this app and, and the applications of it going forward. And definitely, you know, as an organization that works closely with, with the Durham Regional Police, we're, we're excited about this opportunity to support officers and, and their employees in the front lines as well. Hopefully, hopefully it's just the beginning to like whatever, you know, you think about 10 years ago, I don't even know if I would have known how to use an app or if they existed. But hopefully, if we keep pushing the envelope from um, utilizing technology, accessing mental health, and creating those networks, that whatever the next thing is, it's we just transition upwards. That we keep on finding ways to to be innovative in this space. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for joining well, us. Uh, we'll have um, it was it was a pleasure talking about this. Uh, I think about the as I mentioned earlier, the police force and and some of the, the challenges that they have just in, in keeping us all safe and doing things that uh, you know we don't want to do, to be perfectly honest. And, and I'm glad that we're able to provide this uh, in partnership and, and, and tell our people, whoever's listening, I know there's lots, hopefully, that uh, a little bit more about this. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah.